mafia, everybody. <laughs> it sounded so stupid. It's like my radio Season voice. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Infernal Mafia. That's Sarah over there. And that's Kayla. Sorry, there's like these two dudes staring at my house. Hi. Oh. <laughs> Did you make con eye contact? Yeah. I'm just going to wave at him. What's that? Oof, that's awkward. <laughs> can they see you? They yeah, really they can, can see, see me. I probably look creepier than they do because I'm just sitting in a window talking into a microphone, seemingly to myself, wearing headphones. Are you on the stage? I am on the stage. They can definitely see you then. Are you looking for performers? I am looking for performers. Maybe we can because talk about that. Because I have some friends out of the that box. I was like, give, I was going to say, like, give you give them your name yes but i didn't know if you wanted like random performers i'm okay with random like that i know through a person you know like oh, I okay vet them a little bit we just had a really good house show last weekend yeah what, what was that was it that was, the dead birds yes and two other indie artists and we had like over 40 people in my living room and it was amazing it was a real good time whoa I was going, I forgot to tell you, I had a dream. Yeah? That I visited you in Chicago. Okay. And. And the driveway was blocked again. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, trains were involved. Like, I took a train. Oh. But then you and Peter got on the train and left. It <gasps> left and I didn't get on it in time. So I was at the train station. <laughs> and I think I had your girls with me <laughs> so they were guiding me oh to the, the right three-year-olds were telling you yes. how to get around chicago yeah sarah you have so many abandonment dreams is that what it is it's so and sad i couldn't get to you <laughs> and i was by myself in a train station you were feeling abandoned from by me yeah since we've been on a break been it. what are yeah, we talking about but anyway today? We're talking about books. This is the book club episode. Books are At least fun. one of them. I mean, there's a lot of books. There's a lot of authors. We get a lot of people. We get a lot of PR people contacting us. And then we wait months to contact them back. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we're not working on that anymore. <laughs> oh. It's a good way okay. to call our uh, emails. It's like, if we wait six months to respond to you and play really hard to get, then if you're still interested, then maybe. We have, we actually have some sponsors. Do we ever email them back? That people that want to be sponsors. Right. We're we should probably email it. them back. <laughs> so, but we're talking about books today. And I have an interview with uh, Tess who wrote, uh, I Am Very Ferris. It's a children's book about IVF. Yeah, it looks cute. She sent you a copy. I haven't seen it, but she sent you a copy. And she signed it. Aw, fun. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I talked to her. Thought we could, yeah, we'll play Sarah's interview with Tess, but then we also, we're just going to talk about, like, a few books. Some of them, some fiction, some nonfiction, some children, some memoir style whatever just like something for everybody so so we'll get to that but first mafia mail or no the business
the business. Um, rate and review the podcast, please. 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 Just help us out. We'll love you forever. Yeah. Uh, join our website or the Facebook group, The Infertile Mafia. There's a lot of talk going on there all the time. Lots of chatter. On the Facebook. Yeah. About eggs and balls and, and stuff. And we may or may not have special merch still available. I don't know at this point because we're recording in advance. Sarah made some exclusive merch. You can find it on our website, infertilemafia.com. If you want to see pictures. And who knows, if this launch goes well, maybe we'll have more exclusive merch in the future. I think it's pretty exciting. And I love the idea too. of what how you did it for um, Infant and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month, which is now. It's happening now. October is the month. Okay, so some mafia mail. I'm going to read this to you. Um, this is from Shannon. <clears throat> she says... Hey, Sarah and Kayla, I'm sitting here listening to your most recent episode, episode 53. So you see this email is quite old. <laughs> Sarah's face. <laughs> Guys, we're, we're so bad A5. with email. Ugh. I know. And we've had people email us and send us messages saying we can help you. And we haven't emailed them back because we're so bad at it. <laughs> help like, us help ourselves. Help. help us. Um. Okay, but yeah, we, we're trying to get through some of these now because here's the thing, we love hearing from you and we do read your emails and we often do respond. It's just getting them on the podcast that has been tricky. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, okay. Sitting here listening to your most recent episode and I just had to share my twilight anesthesia story. This wasn't during an egg retrieval, but for an HSG hysteroscopy endo scratch. Oh, that's a lot. I'm glad that they Ouch. sedated you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was scheduled to come in around 9 a.m. and was very nervous all morning and couldn't go poop, even though I had to pretty bad. Oh, no. <laughs> that's how you get hemorrhoids. <laughs> I tried to go <laughs> multiple times at home and the clinic and at the clinic, but my body was not cooperating. By the time they had me gowned up and IV administered, I was really feeling the urge, but there was no going back. As they walked me into the OR, I just kept concentrating on holding it all in. The poo, the gas, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's a poop story. Yeah. I was asking you for a poop story in our last episode. I should have just read this email. <laughs> um, then I had to climb on that awful table and get my legs strapped into the stirrups while I'm just laying spread eagle in front of the doctors and nurses milling about, which is like the worst feeling if you have to poop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. In my head, I'm just thinking, clench, clench, clench. The procedure was over in a flash. And when I woke up, my doctor was holding my hand, telling me everything, everything went great. She was so kind that I got really concerned. I wasn't able to keep it all in throughout the procedure. It was like an out-of-body experience when I heard myself ask her, Did I poop on you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was relieved when she said no, although she could have just been being nice. 
I don't know if that sort of thing even happens during those procedures, but thanks to my kind doctor, I will gladly never know. I'm currently stemming for my first egg retrieval, hopefully next week. God only knows what I'll say next. Thanks for all you ladies are doing for the infertility community. Shannon. Oh, I'm going to look up her Instagram. Yeah. See how she's doing. She's got two handles, one at Hopes and Rainbows Co. and the other unexplained faith over fear. I know her. She does the uh, watercolor embryo pictures, right? She does? Yeah. These are so pretty. Wow, that's such a pretty account. They all look a little different. Yeah, she has a nice aesthetic, as the kids say. It's beautiful, Shannon. Cool. Okay, so that's at Hope and Rainbows Co. That would be her professional account. Artwork to make infertility suck less. Oh, so her IVF did work. Oh, so is she currently pregnant? Yep. Yay, Shannon. Did you say anything weird when you came out of Twilight Anesthesia? Me? Mm-hmm. I guess I was saying, bye, Bob, because they were willing me out. <laughs> Who's Bob? I, I think he was the anesthesiologist. Oh. <laughs> we bonded. Aw. Anesthesiologists are always nice. Yeah, mine was great. I feel like you always say something crazy when you're coming out of Twilight Anesthesia. Like, uh, you, you pick up talking about whatever you were thinking about right before you went under. I was worried about what I would say. I was too. I was worried I was going to be like, Bill, I don't love you. I want a divorce. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> I probably just made my microphone peak. But uh, yeah, I was worried yeah. I did make my microphone peak. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was worried I was going to say like something weird. Yeah, I was too. Well, and I did say weird things, but I Do didn't you know say you anything like that. No, I was just mumbling. There's a video of it on my YouTube channel. There's like incoherent stuff about. I was talking about how many eggs I got. And I was. Oh. But yeah, it's just incoherent rambling. Oh, I know I said, oh, it hurts in my butt. (laughs) But that's like a usual thing. It hurts in my butt. (laughs) Aw. That's a fun, fun story, though. Like, that would be intense, like, feel, wor- being worried that you, like, pooped on your doctor. Okay, in the news. Ugh. Asshole fertility doctor. <laughs> I don't want to always pick bad stories, but... All my stories have been bad so far. Like, send me some positive, uplifting stories about fertility. Guys, send us stories. You can send us the bad ones, too. But, okay, this one is not a good one. Okay. This, uh, I also post about on Instagram, but it was, like, early in the summer. So it's been out for a while, this article. Um, uh, after you're done with this, I have an interesting story. Okay. So this came out, what, who is this publication? This is the Daily Mail, um, in the UK. And the headline is IVF will alter human evolution by allowing disease prone people to have babies when nature would normally stop them, says fertility expert. (laughs) It's a long headline, but that's what it says. So it's 
I don't even understand this. It's a fertility doctor. It'd be one thing if it was, you know, I don't know, like someone who's a researcher who studies human evolution or something. But it's a fertility doctor. Like, dude, are you trying to do career suicide? Like, what is happening? So could you imagine if that was your fertility doctor? No. Awful. I wonder what has happened to him. I need to Google him. So his name is Dr. Hans Hanovic. He's from Norway. Um, and he gave this, I don't know, speech, presentation, something, I don't know, at uh, the European Society of Reproduction and Embryology conference in Vienna, where huh. he basically shared his findings or his opinion I don't know that basically he feels like IVF uh, is going to alter human evolution by basically not allowing quote unquote like natural selection to take place so he says Hmm. detective genes that normally die with the carrier are being passed on leading to future generations needing the same help to have children. So I think his point is that by people who are infertile having children, we're creating more infertile children. Uh, Or we're creating more people with infertility in the world. And this could alter the course of human evolution. Anyway, and it's a long article and I was like, so, I posted this. I had some strong words for him about this, too. Just because it's like, okay, we expect this from ignorant people that don't know anything about fertility treatments. You don't expect it from a fertility doctor. And most of the fertility doctors that we've, you know, come to know through social media were quick to respond and say, like, this is not... You know, this this is not how most fertility doctors feel. We do not agree with this. There's no basis for this. Um, and so they basically, like, discredited him as much as they could. But, um, but even still, all that to say, like, this messaging is out there. And I don't, it's, I don't like it because it just propagates the stigma around fertility and infertile people and... You know, even just the way it's worded, like, disease-prone people, you should not be procreating, you're altering evolution, blah, blah, blah. What does that mean? Like, who's a disease-prone person? I don't, yeah. Specifically. Exactly, what does that mean? It doesn't say exactly either. So, anyway, um, yeah. So we'll link it in the show notes. Let us know what you think. But I thought actually what was even more, um, I don't know, what I found troubling or frustrating about it was the comments on the article. Because you had all Mm -hmm. these people like, see, this is why we shouldn't do IVF. See, this is why people who can't have babies, there's a reason why they can't. Like, You have all these people that probably already feel this way they have this opinion about IVF and fertility treatments. And then you have like a doctor that's bolstering that opinion that does nothing to help um, destigmatize infertility, unfortunately. 
<sighs> so that's frustrating. So we have to huh. work to combat that messaging, I think. Yes. Okay. So here's my story. This is how to not tell your child they were conceived using IVF. Do you know who Billy Eilish is? Yeah. Eilish? 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 So, Eilish. Sorry. I read it as Eilish. It is Eilish. Okay. So she's a super popular singer right now. And she was on the Howard Stern show. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she brought her parents in because they're a big fan of him. So they were talking. And then he asked them to describe their wedding or not their wedding night, the night they conceived Billy. And they said, well, we had Phineas naturally. That's her older brother. But then they had trouble. So they they're like, we went to a fertility clinic and uh, they did IVF, and that's how they told her on the Howard Stern show. Oh my gosh! And they said, and he said, "You look like you're about to pass out." Wow! After discovering she was conceived using IVF. Hmm. I mean, that's so. pretty heavy. Maybe don't say it on a live radio show. <laughs> yeah. You would think that they would have told her before then. Yeah. That's crazy. So, uh, there's an IVF baby. A-holes. <laughs> that's why um, Tess's book would be good for all everybody that's out there that's hopeful or already has an IVF baby. This is how you can tell your kid at a young age. <laughs> Instead Don't of dropping this. it on them in their adulthood on the Howard Stern radio show. Yeah. Speaking of, okay, let's get to the meat. Our recommended reading. Okay. Would you like to start us off? Because you've actually read this book. Uh, it starts with an egg. How the Science of Egg Quality Can Help You Get Pregnant Naturally, Prevent Miscarriage, and Improve Your Odds in IVF. I like that because it's not just saying, do my program and get pregnant naturally. Mm -hmm. I like that it says improve your odds of IVF because not everyone's going to get pregnant naturally, <laughs> which I think is uh, what a lot of, we get a lot of people trying to come on the show who are like I brought I developed this program to get you pregnant naturally I'm like okay so you can grow my tubes back yeah we don't usually write those people back anyway <laughs> yeah uh they're not going to be helpful for this audience for the most part no no so okay so I like it starts with the egg uh the author is Rebecca Fett uh this is one of my favorite books because I, I like that it gives you advice on how to improve your egg quality, which I think we're all looking for something to help our chances of fertility treatments working or even getting pregnant without treatments. If Like, that would be ideal. Of course. Of course. So. Well, and um, 
improving your egg quality is something that you do have some control over. So, and especially if you're someone who has a diagnosis like PCOS that has been known to affect egg quality, a book like that is good. It's going to give you a lot of good advice. Yes. And a revised edition came out in 2019. So there you go. So go get yourself a copy. (laughs) Uh, okay, so this next one is was a, a suggestion from our friend Melissa Groves, the um, di- the nutri- why can't I ever registered dietitian nutritionist, um, and she is another uh, RD registered dietitian. Her name is Lauren Maniker, and her book is called Fueling Male Fertility: Nutrition and Lifestyle Guidance for Men Trying to Conceive. And um, I guess it's a short, a short, quick, easy little read. And, but it's all about maximizing sperm health. So you got, it starts with the egg for eggs and then you got this one for sperm. Um, I guess she included lots of peer reviewed studies backing the research and it's all in one concise place. So that's what I read um, about the reviews was like, you can find all this information if you comb, if you have the time to comb through all these like studies. She just took them all and put them in one place. And I think it's great because there's just not that many resources that are specifically geared toward men and sperm health. So I thought that was a good one. So maybe just grab that I one like that. and stick it on your husband's nightstand. Here's some light reading for you, honey, about your balls. Or you could implement things your, yourself yeah. for everyone. Yeah. He's like, why are we having spinach at every meal? Ugh, spinach again? (laughs) Uh, The next one is Not Broken, an approachable guide to miscarriage and pregnancy loss by uh, one of our favorite REs, Dr. Laura Shaheen. Yes. And And, uh, it's one of our listener favorites because people are like, this is really helpful. And the picture is of a uh, bowl that had been broken and then it's fixed with gold and it made it even more beautiful yes it is a pretty picture that's a um i think it's a japanese um mythology or something yeah i was gonna say chinese but i didn't want to be wrong Uh, i could be wrong too either way i don't know but it's something about how the broken glass somebody out there is cringing (laughs) who knows the actual origin of this that when it's repaired with the gold, it's actually stronger than it was to begin with. I think that's right. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. like, obviously the analogy, I think that she's going for with that image on the front of the book. But uh, we love Dr. Shaheen. She has really great content on social media, um, on Instagram. I think she's just at Dr. Laura Shaheen. And we've interviewed her on the podcast and she's got she's so kind she's been on the show what now three times because she was at our live show too so mm-hmm. um her background is like specializing in um women with recurrent pregnancy loss so if that's you this might especially be a good book for you or even just to um use her as a resource um she made me cry multiple times that's how you know she's mm-hmm. good <laughs> yeah and she she has she she's trying to have resources for other doctors 
to be compassionate, I think is what her main goal was. Because I was like, do you see have people coming to you? She said, no, I would like to help other doctors be compassionate. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she Well, they're, nice. they're doing a, yeah. She does, she's doing that, but also like has great info for patients as well. So. Yeah, like direct to patients. Yeah. Too. Right. That book is for patients. Yeah, yeah. Not doctors. Um, okay, next we've got Your Fertility, Your Family. Uh, and this was one that we had emailed to us a while back. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. From Dr. Schoolcraft. Right. And I have read some of it. I haven't read all of it, but I have read some of it. He, Dr. Schoolcraft is the founder and director of CCRM, which is a Colorado Center for Reproductive Medicine. I think that's right. I'm totally guessing. Yes. Sorry, my mic just... It just had a mind of its own and started floating away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is that noise? And I look down, it's my mic. <laughs> Uh, phantom mic it is yeah. it is October spooky it is um, so CCRM is one of the world's leading fertility clinics so I've seen a lot of people go like when they've exhausted all options and feel like they've tried everything they go to CCRM because it's like you know cutting edge um, so this is for a quote from the book in your fertility, your family, a world-renowned fertility provider offers the latest treatment templates used to diagnose and overcome fertility challenges. Dr. William Schoolcraft and his team of clinicians address the latest causes and treatment plans for age-related infertility, recurrent miscarriage, and failed IVF cycles. The growing CCRM team tackles new treatments and options that have emerged and are expected to develop over the next decade. So they are usually like always ahead of the eight ball kind of thing. Like they have the latest, most cutting edge technology. And I guess supposedly some of the best embryologists in the world. I really will. That's who makes the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I would think that he would be a good source as far as like latest and greatest treatments. So yeah. Um, Juliana Rancic. Uh, was treated at CCR. She wrote the forward. She did. Yeah, she's endorsing the book. So, um, okay. Okay, go ahead. The waiting line is the what to do and not to do when someone you love is struggling with infertility, and it was written by a listener, Meg Keys, and five stars on Amazon. All the reviews are glowing. Yeah. So, congrats, Meg. Which you've read the book, you bought it, yeah, right? I did, yeah. You bought she didn't send it to us or anything, you just bought it because no. you thought it was cool. And then we talked about it on the podcast once, yeah, yeah. She said, I said, promote yourself in the Facebook group, and she's like, Well, I wrote a book, and so I looked it up and bought it and read it, and I liked it. So, yeah, she is our consigliere for this episode. Yes, she's going to give us a little bit of background on her inspiration for the book. And she's going to share a little bit about um, some of her favorite passages.
this is Meg Keys, author of The Waiting Line, What to Do and Not Do When Someone You Love is Struggling with Infertility. I can be found on Instagram at The Waiting Line Book. I wrote my book in response to realizing that when you're going through infertility, your friends and family are totally clueless. And even my most caring and supportive friends were at a complete loss for what to do. And it was super clear to me after three IUIs and three IVFs, I pretty much had a log in my head of do this, this would be helpful, and don't do this, this is not helpful. Say this, this is a great thing to say. Don't say this, this is horrible. I just sat down and hammered out my book and figured there's people out there who need to know And there's people out there who want to know and they want to be helpful, but infertility is such a strange thing. People get all weird and don't know what to do. And especially if they have kids, they feel extra weird and it's just dumb. So I wrote the book to help. So somebody going through infertility treatment could say, here, mom, here, Aunt Sheila, read this book. We'll all be better for it. My book, The Waiting Line, is really short. It's meant to be a quick guide to hand your friends and family and say, here, I'm going through infertility treatment. This is how you can support me. Nobody wants to read a huge novel, and it's overwhelming and scary and weird for everyone. So I kept it short on purpose and hit on some key topics that will help people help you. So people say a lot of silly things. And some of the most common are maybe you're not doing it right or you're lucky you still have your freedom. You want to take one of my kids off my hands. I'm exhausted. Would you consider adoption? Another one I came up against that isn't so common is don't tell stories about how easily you get pregnant. While this seems like a no-brainer, it needs to be said. When your person tells you she's having trouble getting pregnant, Don't chime in with stories about how easily you seem to get pregnant and that your nickname is Fertile Myrtle. And skip the part about how you wish you had that problem because little Ronnie was an oopsie baby. We get that it happens easily for a lot of people, but your person isn't one of them. Maybe you're not doing it right. We are. People struggling to get pregnant are the queens of Googling. So yes, we've all heard of basal temperature tracking, special lubricants. We know how to put our legs in the air after doing the deed or laying on our stomach if we have a tilted uterus. We've gained weight or lost weight, used ovulation predictor kits, drank pomegranate juice, tried acupuncture, switched to decaf coffee, taken prenatal vitamins, and all the supplements in between. We've tried it all. Infertility isn't about someone having sex incorrectly. And unfortunately, there's no simple solution. Ask questions. Ask about your person's treatment plan and note significant test days. It means a lot to get a text from a friend on important milestone appointment days. Ask questions like, how does that work? That's totally fine too. Don't feel like you're supposed to know it all or anything. But skip the part about, all this fertility stuff is so scary. I can't even imagine. Or do you have to take shots? I could never do that. I hate shots. We wish we weren't doing this. 
We hate shots too, but we do what we have to do. Acting astonished at our struggle just feels isolating. Bottom line, anyone battling infertility is a badass. It takes guts and grit. Remind us of that when the going gets tough. Thanks, Meg. She said, so this one's designed to be for your fertile friends and family, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A how-to, if you will. Which is a pretty is. niche. I mean, there's not a lot of resources out there for that either. So good for her. Um, we also, we've talked about this book, of course, on the podcast, Hilariously Infertile. Also a quick and easy read. Um, written by Karen Jeffries, um, who many of you know her on Instagram, at Hilariously Infertile. Um, you can listen to our interview with her for excerpts from the book. Um, it's just a memoir style. It's kind of like, it's very light. It's got some funny IVF stories. It does have some pregnancy stuff, too. So um, if, you don't, if you're not into that right now, then that may not be the best book for you. But it's all very lighthearted and funny stuff. So... Um, and of course, don't forget about her stand-up show on November 10th in Boston. Uh, if you're in the Boston area, you could go meet Karen. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, the next book is The Art of Waiting on Fertility, Medicine, and Motherhood. Have you read this one? I haven't read all of it yet, um, but it's a... So I just thought it was interesting because... So it's a memoir-style book, Um by an author, her name is Belle Boggs. And I saw someone in our Facebook group talk about it and say how much they liked this book. And then out of the blue, randomly, I was sent this book by one of Bill's aunts. Hmm. Um, who, so, and she's in her 70s, but she went through infertility back in the day. And she Aww. read this book and thought I should she was she just sent it she knows I have the podcast she knows Bill and I did and went through infertility so she just sent it to me and was like you might like this or you're you might want to share it with your listeners and I thought it was so touching that like she's so far removed from infertility you know but like it's still yeah. uh, still sticks with you did did she end up having any children she did she has one child so, but I mean, if you think about it, like, and she was a little bit older um, when she finally had her. Um, but yeah, there just were so many fewer options when mm-hmm. our moms and older were trying to conceive. Like, they're just, IVF was not a thing. Fertility treatments were not really a thing. Um, and so... And always, like, I don't know, I think is a helpful reminder to put things into perspective. I'm just so thankful that we have so many options now. And I thought it was so touching that she sent that to me and that it was just, like, you know, still sticks with her, kind of the pain of that, um, yeah, of suffering through what it means to want a child and not be able to have it. So, yeah. I've had someone's grandma tell me they had trouble. Oh, and then she was asking about us doing IVF. And she's like, now, is that really their child? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yes, Grandma, it is. <laughs> it's like, yes. Oh, that's kind of sweet, though. Um, our friend Celeste is coming out with a children's book. Yay. It looks so uh, sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so cute. Did you, what is her handle on Instagram? Uh, Celeste? Her handle is... Tim and Celeste X or something like that. Tim period Celeste period X. Yeah. Okay. She... Tim um, and Celeste. She just did her fifth round of IVF, guys and girls. She's been, Celeste is, we interviewed her a long time ago. She was one of our first interviews on the podcast. Um, I think she was the first. She was the first. And Sarah and I met her through Instagram back in the day. Like she was trying Mm -hmm. the same time we were to give you some perspective. She has had a a hard go with it. and she just did her fifth round of IVF, and I believe she's waiting for PGS results right now. Um, but you can you can read about the, I think this book was kind of a labor of love and like a, a way to turn her pain into something positive kind of thing. Um, but it looks like, it's going to be a children's book, I think I said that, a children's book about, um, you know, kind of infertility and Yeah, so her post about the book, she says, for those of you who haven't heard, I've written the children's book. It's called Little Dream and will be going to print very soon. I'm beyond excited to finally be able to share it with you in a couple months. And she says, my goal in writing Little Dream is to not only validate and give this journey through infertility and loss of voice, but to also give couples who have lived in its darkness a way to explain to their sweet miracle or miracle to be how loved and longed for they have always been. Oh, it's so sweet. And so she's like shared a few of the, of the artwork and it looks beautiful. So it'll be one of those children's books that you're like, yeah, Hopefully, I'm sure the kids will remember it. Yeah, it looks, it looks really lovely. So Go follow her. To That's s- a good word. What? For Celeste in general. Lovely. lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. She kind of embodies the word lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, let's talk about real quick. I'm very Ferris. Or do you want to just play the interview? Uh, we could just go into the interview. She talks about lots of things and kind of explains it so i think it would be better to hear from her all right let's do it my interview with tess casal casal (laughs) oh my gosh i asked her how to say her last name and she told me but now i can't think of it oops oops forgive us that's my sorry Here's my interview with Tess Kosau, who wrote, I am very Ferris. Welcome to the show, Tess. Thank you. So tell us about your book. My book is called I'm Very Ferris. It is a children's picture book story that introduces children to in vitro fertilization through their eyes at a level in which they can understand. And it is a series. 
Um, the first book was published in January of 2019, and uh, there is a second book on the way. So the goal of this series, again, is to give children an opportunity um, into IVF and see through pictures and rhyming colorful words what IVF is and how maybe them or someone they know came about. And yet with the series to bring families together and follow along with baby Ferris on his adventures. And who is baby Ferris? Baby Ferris is based off of my son, Ferris Casso. He is born via IVF. And when I was designing his nursery, I looked for a book or something to put into his library to show him what IVF is, and I couldn't find anything. And the inspiration drew from that moment that I wanted to make a change and create something not only that he would be proud of me with, but that would be able to touch the over 8 million lives that have been born via IVF, that there is a book out there at their level for children to understand what it is and how they came to be Um, and that is how it grew all from the inspiration of of my son and wanting to give him something that he could refer back to to see how he came about that is really cool I mean how many kids can say yeah I have a book that's written about me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had, um, people often ask me, you know, because the title, I'm very fair, is the first letter in each of the words is IVF. And sometimes people say, you know, did you, did you plan on naming him Ferris and having that be in the book title? And, you know, I like to say you know, Ferris was, was first, whether Ferris was a boy or a girl, baby, our baby was going to be named Ferris. And, you know, sometimes things just kind of fall perfectly into place. And, and that's how the title came to be. I was going to ask you that. So... <laughs> Thanks for answering that question. I kind of figured that he was not named for that purpose. (laughs) No, no, no. It it literally just, um, when I sat down pen to paper and had this concept of a book, and I really wanted an eye-catching, creative uh, title that really captured IVF in it. And it literally just, it's one of those, you know, lightning struck moments where it's that's it. it. One time I wrote it down, it's not looking back. That's the name of the series. And when people discover the IVF portion of the, the title, it, the smile they, that brings to their face or the light bulb that goes off, it just kind of tickles me pink that, yep, that's the point. Yeah, it worked out really well. <laughs> <laughs> so backing up, how long, tell me about your story with your husband, Dan. His name's Dan, right? Correct. Tell me about your story. How did you figure out that you had to do IVF? Sure. So Dan and I, when we decided that we wanted to start a family, um, we went over a year with no success. And um, in the medical world, we're not, quote unquote, young so we already had a little bit of mother nature pushing against us but that was our choice and wanting to uh, think about starting a family when the timing worked out for us and um, after going to our couple doctors visits we were told to look into IVF and to go to a fertility doctor and, and have some testing done in which we did and found out that there were problems on both of our sides Dan and I looked at each other and, and, and perfectly honest, I had no idea what IVF 
was, is. I, I had to go home and Google it. I had to <laughs> go and figure out what does this entail. I, I'm thinking it's going to be more on my end. I think from the, the things I've seen on TV or or you see online, you know, I think it has to do more with shots and things for the woman. But again, I had no idea. And um, Dan and I looked at each other and said, um, you know, if it's going to happen to anyone that we know personally, it's happening to us for a reason and we're strong and we're going to give this a try. Um, and, and we did. And our journey, um, was not an easy one. Um, I ended up having one embryo transferred and a, and a positive pregnancy that ended up being a miscarriage. And, Ferris, who is here today, is actually my last embryo. Um, after a long journey, again, of never pointing the blame on my husband or myself um, and knowing that we were in this together and we would figure it out, whatever was meant to be, um, I am very grateful to say today that um, you know Ferris is the, the little embryo that could and he is the one that stuck and he is my completed family to this day. I feel like there's a book title in there. <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know, his his story, um, it, like I said, it was is very unique. And we went through genetic testing with our with our embryos. And, and we like to say that Ferris has always been a surprise to us in a very, really good way. Um, because when he was, you know, I say he because now, you know, I know that that little embryo it was him and when he was sent for genetic testing he actually the first time around came back with no result oh. and that is when we actually had our first embryo transferred that ended up being a miscarriage and um when dan and i got that information about you know the embryo baby ferris um and we were asked would you like to retest this it's you know but you can do that you can discard it you can keep it would you like to test it again and we thought you know why not let's try it again and and you know i'm very thankful we made that decision because it came back positive and and that is my son today oh did does he ever go to book appearances with you yes he does um so i have been at the starting my own company since um July of 2018, and then the book published in January of 2019. And uh, when possible, yes, Ferris comes, and people have met Ferris. He's gotten his picture taken, and um, you know, he just when when it's when it's the right place and the right time, he's come with to readings that I've done um, because I'm a real person, and this is a real story, and there's a motivation behind this, and. Um, I like to people to see that you know, this is my inspiration for what I do and why I pour blood, sweat, and tears into this book series is because of this little man right here. And um, in a way, people have said, you know, when he holds one of your books, you can tell his face and how he reacts to it. It's just like he knows that's about him, isn't it? And and that kind of just makes me so happy that even at such a young age, he, he knows there's something about this book that's different. He, <laughs> I've read the book to my kids. I have a three and a half year old and a almost one year old. And I know the one year old loves all the bright colors and pictures. And three when when I was pregnant with my first, I was looking for books and I couldn't find any. 
And I thought, yeah, that would be great to write a book. And I'm sure a lot of people think that, but never do it. (laughs) And that's the thing you hear. I think for me as an author, I'll speak from my own experiences. I hear often people say, oh, I want to write a book or I'm going to write a book. And and it's like, if I had a dollar for every one person that said that, I would, you know, I'd be well advanced in the book business. But the truth is, is that um, I'm a go-getter. I'm a doer. um, And Again, I do this t- for my son to to someday be proud of his mom and what he, she set out to change the world in her own small little way. And when, you know, viewers and readers such as yourself that say my child loves the colors and loves the, you know, the pictures or whatnot, and that's, that's really the goal is to bring this story into someone's home and whether – children love the pictures or I've had people say, you know, I just changed the words up a little bit to fit our lives because we went through IUI. And, and that just makes me even more excited that you feel so strongly about this story that you made it fit to your life and you made it relevant to your child. So they have something that they can refer to, um, that, that means something to their mom or their dad. And, um, and, and that just drives me to keep going and, like I said, have a second book on the way that will reach even more audience and different families because um, this isn't just another book. It, to me, this, again, this is my passion and it's going in someone's home and they're spending their precious time to read my story and to hear that kind of feedback it is, is like Christmas Day every time. Well, and it's helpful to explain IVF to them because it's kind of a weird thing to tell them like I'll, I'll be like do you remember being frozen and they'll be like what are you talking about exactly it, it's something that I always you know think about for when for when my son gets older and goes to school and is sitting in a, a sex ed class or whatnot it, whatever will be there when he goes and has to learn about where do babies come from well, they come from a lot of other ways than just what I know I learned when I was in school. And and this is part of my my um, what drives me to do this book series is to get the word out there that there isn't just one way to have a family. There are other ways. And children that are coming from these other ways of life, to, they need to be recognized and this need they need to understand um that they are completely normal and that they are so special that their mom or their dad or their parents went through this to bring them to the world and and that's again the drive really behind the words that i write and the thought that goes through these stories is to give them an opportunity and a voice um at such young age to say hey this is how I came about, and there's a book like that to help me understand. I think I've, and again, um, full disclosure, a woman went into this myself not knowing at all really what I was getting into because um, I was not aware of the support groups and things that are out there now, you know, when I was going through it myself. And um, I just think the discipline and um, the understanding, the emotional side of IVF, the uncertainty, the risk involved. Um, it is uh, something that I try to take and learn from, even though it is a time that I have gone through and I am done now, I still refer back to what I went through all the time and how it shapes my understanding for things or my tolerance for things um, to this day. And absolutely, IVF, I think, prepared me 
much more in my life personally um, than the ultimate result of having a baby. Yeah, I think it made me less of an asshole. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, you know what? <laughs> I might still sometimes be on the level of probably being considered one, but um, it definitely it humbles you. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Sure. Oh, sorry. You're a children's book author. Exactly. I probably should not be <laughs> saying that type of thing. But I mean, this I'm is an adult podcast. Person. Yes, I'm a, real, <laughs> I'm a real mama, so say anything and let it at me. I, I'm ready. I think most of us don't think about all of the stuff you have to do to write a book and yeah, get it that, out. Exactly. There's, I think for me, it's and the topic that I'm tackling is I'm taking a very adult, quote unquote, tough topic, and I am leveling it at a, a small child to understand and when I go do public readings or speakings and I and I see children and it's you know children are the most honest little creatures that there are and when they say you know like I asked you have you ever had a shot before and oh yeah I have shots and they make me bleed and this and like they come forward and they're so honest about things and it's just and I see how my story, um, and I'm, you know, the tagline of IVF and how I'm trying to have them understand a preschooler or a kindergartner understand this. Um, and, and when I walk away with them understanding something that mom or dad had to go through some kind of procedure and they took two things to make this little baby come about, um, then I've accomplished my goal that day. And through a picture book, it's not just the words that are telling the story, but it's the photos, it's the pictures, it's the colors, it's the expression on the faces. And, you know, whether a child points out to me, like, I have a dog too, or I love teddy <laughs> bears, or I have a baby brother. And it's, and it's like, this is all conversation. This is all exactly what a picture book is. This is not supposed to be a dissertation about IVF and the levels of which um, people are actually experiencing it go through. This is supposed to be for small children to understand this procedure of maybe how they came about or how their siblings are going to be here or how their aunt and uncle are experiencing something, whatever the case may be. It's just to have them understand what all these doctor's appointments or maybe why there's so much medicine around or why there are needles around. Um, and it gives them a little bit more of a clarity in a fun, colorful way and, and not be so serious about such a really tough topic. Yeah. I know my son always saw me getting uh, the progesterone shots mm -hmm. when we were going for baby number two. And I don't know if he quite got it. So it would have been... It would have been great to have this book when he was even younger. So I'm glad that you wrote it because my daughter, my daughter definitely loves it. She doesn't really say many words, but I think she enjoys it. Thank you. It's the, again, it's to get the conversation going. And, and a lot of people still are very reserved and very private and don't want to talk about this. Or maybe I've met some people that are embarrassed and they don't want their child to know. And, um, 
you know, if you can change one person or if you can get through to one person saying that it's, it's okay what you went through, it's okay to talk about this with your child. This is nothing to be ashamed of. You know, you're, there, you know, the statistic is one in eight couples and that's a lot of people out there. Um, and if I can get one person to, to see that or someone to say, you know what, I'm going to get this for a baby shower gift because I, I feel this will be a great story for their child to talk about and whatnot, then Again, that's the audience I'm looking for is just to understand that it's okay to have these conversations with with our child, with, with, you know, with family. This is not just an adult conversation for the adult table. This is something we can bring everybody in and be happy and be proud about. And I like to think that, hey, my kids don't have to think about me having sex to make them. Nope. Because... <laughs> I went to the doctor. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it should be the non-grossest way for parents to grow up thinking about it because yeah, I mean it was it's as scientific as it possibly can, but you know that doesn't change the fact that even in those um, situations, that love isn't on your mind in what you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean to go through all of that medical procedure that people think of as like you know a choice to do it Mm -hmm. like you're choosing to do it and you're you're doing it because you want a child exactly we're choosing to make these appointments at six in the morning and to get you know your arm pricked so many times that it turns green and to go in for countless ultrasounds and whatnot and take pills that change your body and to you know financially have that type of burden and when whatnot you're you're doing it because you have an ultimate goal there's a light at the end of the tunnel that you really really want and i think that's the ultimate compliment of saying i love you to a little one is that we actually wanted you so much that we did do this and and that's why you're here because we didn't give up so you're planning to expand the series yes Will you have, are you, will Ferris ever see like a sibling cycle or anything right. like that? It's really going to broaden the words of infertility and people that have gone through in vitro fertilization and perhaps is not just only mom and dad. And, and that's, you're going to just see subtle things in the background and the, of the pictures truly um, where more families out there that are coming from all different backgrounds and all different situations and lifestyles will be able to connect through this storyline and simply just looking at the pictures. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. I am so excited to have this opportunity and to share with the world my story and literally my storybook and um, just get awareness out to something I'm so passionate about and as one of those people that is is still dealing you I don't think infertility ever truly goes away whether you're done expanding your family or not um, the opportunity to share your voice and your experience and so someone out there who might be going through the same thing or have some questions or be looking for something like a children's book that I've written um, knows that they're not by themselves and there's someone out there that you know understands um, and that's truly just when women or men come up to me and tell me thank you for writing this and I've had people cry before in front of me and it just it truly is the ultimate 
motivation again and, and thank you for what I do. So thank you for this opportunity to be on your show. Thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? They can find me on my website, which is tesscaso.com, my first and last name. Um, you can also just type in I'm Very Ferris and it pops up. The book is sold directly through my website and it's also found in on Amazon and Barnes and Noble as well as now um, many independent bookstores and we're working on getting it into the library system. So it's internet and it's international. It's it's global. I can proudly say it's all the way in the UK. It's in the United States. It's in Canada. So um, the I'm Very Fair series is here to stay and testcasa.com is where I'm at if you have any questions. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Out of the box. Out of, Out the, of box. the box. <laughs> okay. It's sort of out of the box. Do you have a favorite childhood book? Uh, I always liked The Rainbow Fish. I don't know that one. What? The Rainbow Fish? Yeah. He, he's a rainbow fish, and he has beautiful scales, but he doesn't have any friends because he's so beautiful. Oh. And so he gets advice to give his scales away. Hmm. And he won't be as beautiful but a lot of friends. <laughs> so there you go. It's a conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's it's a story about socialism. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's either a story about sharing sure. or it's a story about socialism. I'm not quite or sure both. which one, but I always, or both. Yeah. I liked the uh, scales. They were always really pretty and it's a rainbow. Aw. He's a fish. I always liked that book. Nice. What's your favorite childhood well, book? Well, see, I I think when I was thinking childhood, I think you went younger than I did, which makes sense oh. now. Cause, but I was thinking, like, like grade school. My Oh. My favorite books were Nancy Drew books, for sure. Really? Oh, my gosh. I was reading them at a very young age. It's probably where my fascination with true crime comes from. I love them. It all makes sense now. Yeah, I'm slowly trying to collect original editions. Ooh. Yeah, I want to own the whole thing someday. That'd be cool. Yeah. There's a new Nancy Drew movie coming out. I know. Or is it a TV show? I don't know. I think it's a TV show. I think it's the little girl from it oh. not the little girl she's probably like 14 yikes the redhead yeah 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 she's nancy drew she only does dark film apparently it yeah. was not oh man did you see it i saw it way too young it yeah it's the new one have you seen the new no. one no yeah I, I haven't seen it. No, I don't know. I've seen parts, probably like on TV. Looks creepy. So, yeah, uh, but um, sorry, go ahead. Childhood. Sorry, if you're gonna go older, I'd say Harry Potter. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't read them, but I know. Don't get on me. Everyone says you should. Blah blah blah. I get it. <laughs> They're great. Oh, you'd probably like it now. I probably would. Yeah, I I probably would with all my. With all my free time. <laughs> Speaking of, do you yeah. have a favorite recent book? I have not read a book. I mean, 
I've only been reading the fertility books. Like I'm in the process of reading spiritual fertility and it seems interesting. Oh. It reminds me of Mysterious Universe, which I'm into. Mm. I recently got a, checked out a book from the library. Yeah. Those are still things. Yeah, the library. <laughs> yeah. Do you know anyone that says library? <laughs> Did I just say that? The library? No, I didn't. No, I said library. Yeah, you didn't. But I do. I've heard people, people say, say library. library. The library. The library. I checked out a book about ghosts. Ghosts? Because it's Halloween. Yeah. Ish time. Like, uh, what about them? Like fictional stories or uh, like, do they haunted exist? places oh. in America. I haven't started reading it. Fun. You're, you What's are your into ghosts. Book? You like that ghost yeah. show. Yeah. Do you believe that Which, they're real? No. No. <laughs> you just like hearing stories about other people who do. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what an idiot. I mean, I want to believe. Yeah. But I don't. I want to believe it, but I can't. Now I'm going to see a ghost. Well. I just jinxed myself. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you've already seen one. Maybe I have. You were looking maybe for them almost. in my house, I feel like. but Yep, didn't see anything. Nothing's been revealed yet. Um, okay. Well, I haven't read this book yet, but it's one I'm excited to read that I recently purchased. Have you heard of Brene Brown? Yes, I have. Yeah, she. I got her book, Daring Greatly, and I'm excited to read it. Um, I thought I... I, did I send you a quote from her and she was quoting like Benjamin Franklin or something? Uh, did I ever send that to you? I don't know. Did you? Or was Because it? for some reason it made me think of you. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you mean Theodore Roosevelt? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. That's who yeah, that's the, the book one. was like inspired by. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... She let let us know how it goes. She also has a a net Netflix original. Yeah. Um. So if you don't want to read the if you don't have the time for the book, you could go watch her Netflix special. I think it's available streaming now. I forget what it's called, but if you just Google or if you just search Brene Brown, I'm sure it will pop. She's an interesting name. Yeah, she does. Um, she's from Houston. So, oh. hometown girl. <laughs> but um, I have seen the special, and I watched her TED Talk that just, like, went viral and blew up. And it's amazing. I mean, there's a reason why it connected with so many people. I'm on kind of a self-help kick recently. So. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need help. And I do, I just love that premise of, you know, the courage being vulnerable is such a hard thing for people, and it's something that uh, our society teaches us not to do. Like, no, we have to put on a brave face and never show weakness. And like her whole messaging, at least with that book, I think is the power that is in vulnerability and being honest with ourselves and others. And oh, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're pretty vulnerable. Yeah, well, yeah. I feel like we're you and I are pretty vulnerable in this in this medium for sure. Yeah. We've given people lots of intimate glimpses into our lives. So um Oh yeah. And I think we're better for it, you know? Yeah. So so yeah, I'm all I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. 
<laughs> not ashamed of my infertility. Anyway, makes me who I am. So yeah, that's what's up. Like I said in the interview, sorry, with Tess, yeah. I said it made me less of an asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, infertility. <laughs> all right, well, that's all we got for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if you're not doing anything right now, maybe just pick up that phone you're listening on or a laptop you're streaming from. Go into Apple Podcasts, give us a little rating, a little review. Let us know how awesome you think the show is. <laughs> no, we really Yeah, that'd be great. It. Yeah, it would be awesome. It's really the best way to increase our visibility for other people, so we really appreciate it. Um, you can join our uh, Facebook groups, the Inverto Mafia and the Inverto Mafia Bosses and Babies, um, or our website, Inverto Mafia. Mm-hmm. Dot com. We have a mafia meeting room in there that is up and running. <laughs> right, Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> and we hopefully maybe have some of our exclusive merch still left on there. Um, you can find us on Instagram, which is probably where we're the most active at Infertile Mafia Podcast. I think that's and it, right? I, I email? I think that's all the places. Email infertilemafia at gmail.com. There you go. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.